I Am Ghost is like if My Chemical Romance and Yellow Card got in a fight. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You're listening to episode 103 of Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend, Morgan Richards, who you will know him specifically due to his rap, massive rap career as Mo Dick. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Morgan Richards. For sure. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. And this week, we're oh, about no, to no, bleed no. magic with a healthy dose of sugar pills and razzmatazz. Yep, this week's guest <laughs> is the uh, absolutely lovely Ryan Seaman from I Don't Know How But They Found Me. Yes. Now, this is all about a conversation of a life of a diverse drummer. Ryan Seaman has been behind the kit in multiple scenes and experienced endless moments within the last two decades, playing with bands with the likes of Falling in Reverse, to Aiden, Jeffree Star, I Am Ghost, and millions of session works in between. But now you can find him with his best friend and friend of the podcast, Dallin Weeks, in the phenomenal I Don't Know How, But They Found Me. I just noticed all the way through that then that you were doing Donald Trump hands. People can't see this because it's a podcast and it's an audio podcast. And for now, it will just be an audio podcast because mm-hmm. we can't afford to do video. Morgan was just doing that Donald Trump thing was- where he holds his forefinger and his thumb together and he's just solidifying the point with his hands. <laughs> right, before we go any further, I don't know why you brought this up. I just talk a lot with my hands lately. But while we're recording this, um, I've got a plaster on my thumb because I cut it open and it's been bleeding a lot and I've been trying not to get blood on stuff. So that's yeah. why I hold, like, held my thumb a bit to, to, but this doesn't matter Sean because yeah. since I don't know how released a highly anticipated and groovy debut album Razzmatazz we thought we'd invite Ryan on to tell us all about it the band's secret start their 80s inspiration to his two decades of playing on the likes of Warp Tour finding himself in all sorts of bizarre situations and a bunch of stories that he hasn't told anybody before including one secret that's kind of big deal what an absolutely lovely lovely chap ryan is what a great chap we had with him i think he's officially the first guest 
after we finished recording the podcast, who was hung out for a bit. Because after it, he was like, what are you guys up to now? And we were like, oh, well, it's eight o'clock. I'm in Merthyr Tidville. Uh, I'm on lockdown, so I've got nothing to do. And he was like, do you want to hang out? And we literally hung out for another hour. So mm. thanks again to Ryan. What a fucking brilliant chap. What a lovely guy. What a great record Razmataz is. Yeah, exactly. But to be honest, I think this whole podcast is was just three bros just hanging out, talking about music. And we haven't even met Ryan prior to this. Obviously, we've had... Dallin on the podcast back in episode 53 but it, it seemed like we knew him all our lives and I, I hope people hear that relationship coming up do you know what I've just realised you've just said he was on episode 53 right Dallin mm-hmm. is that correct that is correct which means that was the episode after our first birthday right because week 52 would have been our first birthday because it's 52 weeks in a year yeah. Morgan yeah Okay, so Dallin was a week after our birthday, and Ryan, who's on episode 103 this week, mm. is the week before our second birthday. And it was episode 53, this is episode 103. We haven't even planned this, we've just realised while talking. 50 episodes ago, exactly 50 episodes ago, Dallin was on. And this week we've got the fantastic Ryan. So unbelievable, awesome. Thank you very much to Ryan. Thank you very much to Dallin. Thank you very much to the boys for the music. Um, yeah, we had a great, great time. This is a chat that is very, very interesting that I personally enjoyed very, very much. So thanks again to Ryan. Yeah, it's a good one. There's loads of hidden secrets in there that I'm excited for people to hear. But uh, let us know what you think of this episode or any mad rambles we've had in the past with some of your favourite bands and other guests on our social media pages at Pod. Sean, can you help me spell that? Yes, at, which is the A with a, in a little circle, at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at... S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. It's our second year anniversary next week, as we mentioned. So come and show us some love and get prepared for a host of extra activities. We're going to be doing behind the scenes as well with our Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. So if you've enjoyed any of the last two years worth of crazy, crazy adventures, why not check out and become part of our wonderful community? I guarantee you, if this is your first time listening to Sapling Podcast, number one, sorry. Number two, also thank you. Number three, I guarantee you that there is at least five more episodes of this podcast that you will enjoy in this series so far. So please go back, check out all the episodes we've done so far, and uh, please share, rate, subscribe, and like where possible. It really, really helps us out, and we appreciate it massively. Yeah, and we're going to be doing a load more celebrations on our Patreon to go with this second year anniversary as well. And we've been adding a lot of different things for you to experience. Like we've been creating our own playlists for people to check out of bands we we think deserve a bit more spotlight. There's bonus podcasts of us just talking absolute garbage half the time literally literally well the garbage because you talk about bin men so it literally is garbage that is true and and fuck all bin men yeah and and 
and so much more. So if you want to meet some new best friends and help us out in the process, patreon.com forward slash Sapnin. Now, very quickly, before we go any further and get into this wonderful conversation, Sean, you've got a couple of things you'd like to talk about because Raiders obviously released your new single, Unnecessary Vs, last week, and you've had a lot of Unnecessary Vs in replies since. Yes. Yeah, so for anybody who doesn't know, um, my name is Sean Smith and I do a band called Raiders, which you can find online on the on the um, streaming platforms as Raiders UK, because some American bastard nicked it a week before we put our first song out. So Raiders UK on streaming platforms, Raiders Band UK on socials, on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And yes, we released our song Unnecessary Vs last Friday. Um which is out now and available on all streaming platforms. What I did realise, literally the day of release, is by calling it Unnecessary Vs, right, and changing all the vowels to Vs, Mm -hmm. I've made the song pretty much impossible to find. Yeah. So what I've been doing is typing in V-N-N-V-C and then clicking return, and then that normally comes up with because we're the only people to have spelt unnecessary with Vs like that. Like, absolute maniac. So, yeah, check out Unnecessary Vs. It's out now. It's a good song. I quite like it. Also out, uh, I Still Function, Wasting Away, and Destructobot. Please, please check them out. And, oh, also I'd like to mention my friend Steph Van Spronson's new adventure. Big shout out to Steph. Yeah, Steph, who's been uh, massively supportive of myself and Morgan uh, with the podcast and with all of my ventures. She's just started her new, um, her own venture called Baroness Music. If you're an upcoming band and you'd like some uh, advice from somebody who's had over 12 years experience in the industry, check out baronessmusic.co.uk. She's going freelance in artist development. And um, yeah, she's starting her own consultancy agency. So please check it out. Check out her website, baronessmusic.co.uk for more information. I think it's going to do very, very well. And hopefully we will get her on within the next couple of months, hopefully, to talk about her jobs at Live Nation and at Baroness Music. So yes, very interesting. Again, that's our friend Steph Van Spronson at Baroness Music. Thank you, Steph. You're an absolute star. Yeah, we have all the love for Steph possible. As Sean said, she's uh, helped both of us out with things in the past as well. When I was working at radio, she was uh, a radio. She's working in radio PR as well. So we've got some hell of a story. She would be a fantastic guest. But we have an awesome guest coming up for you right now. This is Ryan Seaman of I Don't Know How, But They Found Me. They're taking over the world one kiss at a time, and you're about to hear the secrets why. Nice one. Sapnin'! Sapnin'! Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's up, man? What's up, man? Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, this week's guest. This week's guest is, I don't know how, but they found me drummer, vocalist, multi-instrumentalist. Would I be right in saying that? Sure, yeah. I'm a yeah, bass player yes. as well, so <laughs> here we are. Fantastic. There you go. Yeah. Fantastic. This week's guest is the lovely Ryan Seaman. How are you? Oh, Sean, thanks so much. Sean Morgan, thank you guys so much for having me on. I've been excited to do this for a minute. And uh, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm just in Nashville right now during this uh, this pandemic we have over here and everywhere else. And it just seems to be the uh, the hot topic, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah no well, pun intended. Thanks for taking the time out, man, to uh, have a chat with us and everything. Um, of course. Yeah, I, I think we should start by saying, you know, it's great to hear you've been excited to do this, but you had the whole thing with your management that we didn't even know about before we started. So let's just have a, let's just go in and let's just have a chat about that. Yeah, as soon as I found out this interview uh, was happening, I just said uh, right away, I was like, hey, you know, I don't know if I have the gear that they want me to have for this uh, this podcast, but I could definitely do it these days, or we can revisit this another time. And I didn't hear anything back, so I just figured, hey, we're going to do this. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry if my quality isn't better. I'm just, you know, I'm, uh, in the, I'm in the middle of traveling right now. I just want to celebrate our uh, release close to, to family, you know, so yes. I, that's, why, that's why I came back here. But uh, awesome. yeah. So here, here we are, you know, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I'm just trying to keep saying like everybody else are in these, uh, uh, now I can't even, I can't even think right now. It's, it's kind of early where I am, but, um, for me, it's early. It's just, it's really hard to navigate right now. You know what I mean? Just, through, just in the world in general, it's like, yeah. this is all, well, where, it's all where, where, where were you when, um, when all this shit started? Like, cause I know you guys had, the, you had the record ready then, like you had the record ready yeah yeah we we stopped recording at the end of uh february but what was really crazy is at the height of uh everything i was (laughs) i was doing one of those uh emo night things that's like uh popular in the states i was in denver colorado and i took a flight out with um my friend josh who is uh the singer for the band bad flower and so he wanted to come with me he wanted to come with me to colorado and so we kind of made like a whole thing out of it and it was just like right in the height of Corona, you know, everybody's like sweaty and drinking beer and, you know, just doing, doing the whole thing. And I'm just like pressing that play button, you know, <laughs> you know all vigorously. And uh, no, it was, it was really great. And then as soon as like that was done, man, that's when all this kind of just started. And it was, uh, 
You know, wow. I, I didn't think it was going to be lasting this long. You know, I don't think what, anybody what, did. No, exactly. What was, it, what was um? What do you think the last song you played was? Oh, ooh, uh, the last. You mean like live? The, no, no, at that DJ. Oh like, what was God, the last man. song? I don't, if, uh, I'll tell you this: I was in Denver, Colorado. So if that gives you any kind of indication, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, I was going to you know, say but, yeah. Um, probably like my cam or something you know because they're yeah, they were making yeah. a comeback yeah yeah you but, yeah you finish with black parade everybody's crying yeah everybody's, everybody's crying, crying the hugging the getting dropped. the virus on each other it's fantastic <laughs> yep, <totally. Yes. laughs> take a usb stick out and go home i was gonna say i think i'm immune to it because uh I, i've done the warp tour 10 summers yeah. so i don't wow. think I'm, so i don't think i'm gonna get it yeah i mean maybe i could though yeah, I did it one summer and I was like, oh, yeah, I think I'm probably, I think I'm immune to weapons now. Like, so, yeah. I wonder what year wild. you were on. I wonder what year you were on because I might have been on that same year. And you just never know with the tour like that, you know? 2009 it was. That was um, the only year I wasn't on. <laughs> so crazy, man. Well, yeah. Funnily enough, yeah, I specifically asked for that. That was on my rider. That's when the yep. band were big, my old band were big enough. I was like, right then, I'm not doing this tour if. And here's a list. Ryan Seaman, get him off here. here. He's not get him out of here. here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, Warp Tour is. Uh, Yes, I'm kind of sad. Sad it's gone, to be honest. Like I know, I know everything's gone at the moment. Yeah. But yeah, I think yeah, it was kind of like an institution for kids, and yeah, it's, it's kind of sad, I guess. Yeah, even even for even for adults. <laughs> I know that sounds <laughs> funny, you yeah. know, but I mean, like I I owe a lot of my uh, I know I, I owe a lot of my career to Kevin Lyman for real. He's he's such a pioneer. But I mean, I I've been in so many bands that was on that tour, and I'm really glad that I even got to um experience something like that because i feel like it's um it's the best and worst tour you could possibly do and it's 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 a character builder um you know brings you down the reality really quickly yeah it, i wouldn't trade any of it for the world I, I started touring on that um on that tour in 2002 right when i graduated high school wow so i was playing in this like all-girl uh punk rock band called the eyeliners and they're assigned to lookout and i just remember I mean, that, that's kind of like actually how i got my start i was uh playing in like a bunch of like local punk rock bands in Utah. It was really cool to play with like multiple people. Cause there weren't that many musicians in Utah in general. So, you know, uh, the eyeliners came through town with that band tsunami bomb. And so, of course my band was always the, the local opener. We were called the teen tragedies. And so we were on like every single like punk rock bill. Cause we could sell tickets, you know, like people were coming to the shows. And I just remember we booked like our own little DIY tour around the States during like uh, the Olympics. Cause we wanted to get out of Salt Lake city and the, the Olympics were happening there then. And so uh, we did a little DIY tour. I met, I met up with the eyeliners and uh, they ended up wanting me to come out with them that summer. They're all sisters. And the, the, the singer also played drums, but she did down the recordings. And so, you know, being an 18 year old kid graduating high school, you know, five days later, getting on a, um, on a tour bus, sharing with flogging Molly. Why would I ever say no to that? <laughs> that's you know what I mean? Brilliant. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, wow. yeah, so that was really crazy. Like that, that year it was, it was like bad religion, alkaline trio, newfound glory, good Charlotte, uh, nice. MXPX, um, <laughs> wow. just pretty much every band, like on the drive, like on drive through records. Um, you know, it was just, it, it was, that was the summer for me. So that, that kind that's kind of what shaped up everything was, yeah. was just that summer. Well, well, saying like spending 10 whole summers on Warp Tour over the years. I shouldn't I'm say whole summers. I should just say stints because like um, <laughs> I've done the whole I've done the whole thing uh, four times. But then there it'd be like, you yeah. know, a week here, two weeks there, a month here, a month there, you know, so a couple days, you know. But 
But looking back on those experiences, I mean, you must have just seen that festival in, in particular evolve so much as, as well as the whole kind of seeing surrounding Warp Tour at that time. Yeah, I felt like um, I felt like the really young guy at the at the Epitaph Punk, you know, parties. And then I felt like the really old guy at like the emo, whatever they called it. And like where, where I come from, emo was kind of like a, a negative connotation, like when, when I hear the word emo, I think of like, um, I think of like old hardcore bands. I don't think of like, you know, taking back Sunday or the used. Mm, so I, yeah. I feel like I sort of missed the boat on all that, even though I was like in that, you know, realm. So I'm 37. So I mean, like, you know, it's, it's been, it's been 20 years of just kind of nonstop and I, I don't know how I'm still able, I, I'm still here. It's, it's kind of yeah. nuts, you know? Well, nice. And, congratulations. Uh, yeah. Congratulations <laughs> for still being here. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a glass is half full or half empty. I'm, you know, I'm so, I'm so grateful. I've seen a lot of things I've, yeah. So, I mean, the warp tour I did, I did it like Oh two and then like Oh six through eight. And this is in like various bands too. So, I mean, like, um, yeah, I came back on Warped Tour like, with like I Am Ghost. That was like 06, 07. You know, actually the first time I even went to the UK was with I Am Ghost. We, we were talking about bands earlier before this thing started. Um, yeah, we got to do like a Kerrang! tour back then. We were, we were supporting Biffy Clyro in the Bronx. Oh, wow. And nice. uh, yeah, that was, that was 07. And then, you know, and then like in, in 2008, I was playing drums with Jeffree Star on Warped Tour. Um, <laughs> and, then, and, and, at, and at that same time, I was actually in a band with Dallin called the Brobex. You know, so that's oh, yeah, how okay. I actually met down through uh, we Jeffrey Star was playing a festival in Texas. And I remember we were uh, we were sharing a dressing room together for whatever reason, the Brobex and, and Jeffrey Star. And so, uh, you know, and, Je- and you know, I had a much better looking body back in uh, 2008. So I, uh, you know, I, I played drums and, and booty shorts. It'd get hot, you know, up on stage. And it just kind of added to uh, Jeffrey's whole like a- aesthetic. And so I guess Down saw me play and then we both figured out we were from Utah, but we both had like, never heard of each other. And that was kind of crazy just because I, I was pretty uh, embedded in the Utah music community at that point. But he had like just come back from his mission when he was starting out in the Brobex. And so somehow we missed each other. But then, you know, on the road, we met in Texas at a festival and he told me that he was moving to Los Angeles. I said, I live in Los Angeles now. We're both from Utah. And then I ended up trying out for the Brobex and I would split my time between Jeffrey and Brobex. So, nice, so yeah. technically, technically, we can say that if it wasn't for Jeffrey Star, I don't know how wouldn't be a thing. <laughs> I, well, oh, I don't, don't give him that much credit. I don't know about. I don't know about that. But I mean, well, because even the Brobex, it was always it was always Dallin's, you know, thing. But I was I was just there to I was there to play drums. I was there to serve the role, and uh, you know, after a while, I think we just you know we we don't, we've been playing music on and off like the whole entire time. You know, even, even when he was uh, playing with Panic, I mean, I would record Christmas songs with him like every single year since then. And we, we'd figure out times like meet up and jam and hang out. So um, yeah, he, we've always been in each other's lives though. So, since, since, since 2008. Yeah. <laughs> so, nice. Yeah. Hey, I mean, up? yeah, he's just such a great guy, man. I'm, I'm really lucky that we get to play music again. And, I'm, and we're also really lucky we're playing for people that care this time. Because it, it easily people could easily not care. Because we've, we've definitely had those experiences, too, of uh, people not caring. You know, I remember there was this one time he and I drove to uh, we drove to Arizona and we played. I don't know. We got paid like 100 bucks or something. Right. And we played for like 15 people in the crowd. And I remember us. I, I, I love telling the story. And we set we set up like our, our merch 
our merch table. We have like a t-shirt and this lady like wanders in off the street, like a, like an older lady. And she liked the t-shirt. She bought the t-shirt and just left. She thought it was like some like pop-up shop, you know, before, <laughs> before the show even happened, you know? So then we played the show and then we turned around and just went home. And then we all continued to work like whatever day job we had at the time. Yeah. So. I, just imagine, I just imagine a group in and going, excuse me, can you turn it down? I'm trying to haggle for a t-shirt. Yeah. Here. And like, yeah. That's my t-shirt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh. Oh, but with, with you and Dallin, like knowing each other for years and obviously you've all been part of different projects and, and stuff. Yeah. Now getting to release a, an actual album with, I don't know how it is. It quite nice to just see how far the two of you have come as, as musicians and be able to work on this project together now. Yeah, I mean, it, what, what's really crazy is that, uh, you know, because we did, we did start this in secret, is that like, our first show was in, um, was in December of 2016. And so we're coming on four years now of just the idea of the band. And we're now, and we had toured off of like the same five songs for like, you know, a year and a half, which is like, which is insane to think nowadays, you know? I mean, like, dude, if we only toured off of five songs, like, you know, 10 years ago, it, it, we'd already put out maybe even two more records, but the label just kept sending us out because the song choke was doing really well on radio. And, and so I couldn't even like, and then the song right now, leave me alone is even doing better. So I couldn't even imagine what we would be doing right now if uh, COVID wasn't a thing. So yeah. um, I'm really excited. This is all coming out though. Cause we, we've been sitting on this stuff for quite a, lo- a while and uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of weird now that, you know, we're having to release it under this climate, but um, I'm just excited to get things out there. Yeah, yeah. You didn't, didn't want a Chinese democracy. It, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, we got it. We got the record, guys. You know, we got it. It's it's a thing. You know, but yeah. um, so, yeah. another 19 years. It's coming yeah. in 2039. <laughs> right. Tw- yeah, even I mean, 20. To be honest, yeah. who, who knows when this is all going to end, man? Yeah, just, uh, it's true. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. true. <laughs> so um, I, I feel like people just deserve to to hear everything you know hmm. well especially with this because i mean you've been working on razzmatazz for s- such a long time it, it, it seems behind the scenes just working on these songs going up to record and stuff so to finally have it out now and for people to hear this music just must be a great great feeling no it's it's absolutely fantastic i just can't wait because i i feel like a quarter of the record is out well by the time this comes out, I'm sure it'll all be out. But like, you know, um, right now today, only like a, a quarter of the records out right now, you know, so there's four songs available on the internet and there's just been nothing but positivity. And I'm just, I'm over the moon about it. You know? but, awesome. Mm, yeah. Nice. Yeah. You, um, you mentioned that obviously with the band starting, it was kept such a secret when we had Dallin on the podcast last year, at writing festival, he was telling us how really strict you guys had to be about like not answering any kind of rumors to it denying everything and just even when people like found photos of you two playing just be like nope that's not us what i don't know what you're wrong about um, well i think i think it was more fun to do it that way though honestly you know because you know i've seen i'm not going to mention bands but i've seen like people from like pretty big bands try to go start something new and they're waving the flag of like hey it's these guys from this thing you know and and then it doesn't work because people don't get attached to the songs or, you know what I mean? And uh, I just feel like with this, if it's just, if we just started out like any other band did, it would, you know, it would get the chance that it deserves. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure it helped that we both, you know, came from our, you know, previous endeavors, but that might also be the same reason why people might not give us a chance at the same time. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah I never, I never thought, yeah, I never thought about it like that. I loved the, um, 
Yeah, I love the idea. Like when you came out with the like the idea, uh, the videos. Yeah, and when it was like that was fucking genius. Well, I thanks, man. That. I mean, I, it's just you know, there's so many bands out there that are saying, "Check this out, do this, subscribe, click this, and that." And it's just like I just want to go back to the time where like you felt like you were a part of something. You know, like when I was growing up, going to shows, the only thing I could do was just like go see that band at that time. There wasn't, I mean, there was the internet, but it wasn't like it is today. Like now you can know people's blood type and, oh man, they have this white picket fence in their yard and they drive a fucking, you know, Toyota Prius. And, you know, it's just like now it's like, there's no, there's no mystery anymore. And it's like, people want all this accessibility. And like, when I was, you know, when I was a fan going to shows, like if I, if, if, if my favorite band even said hi to me, like as they were loading in their shit, I'd be like over the moon about it. But now these kids want, you know, everybody just wants a piece of you all the time or else they don't feel like they're engaged. Um, so yeah, I think it was really fun to do it this way. So people felt like they have something to latch onto. And it's, it's almost like a secret society. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's what I loved about it. It kind of reminded me of, because like when I was growing up, obviously like albums would just come out on CD and you'd yeah. go and get them or whatever. But I remember Glassjaw were like preview, uh, previewing Worship and Tribute before Worship and Tribute came out. Like they had that's like, like a one of my that, favorite records, by the way. Oh, oh my snap, gosh. Snap, yeah. snap. Um, yeah. uh, yeah, so they were uh, glassjaw.net. They had like clues of like how you could find Tip Your Bartender, the song. Yeah, and I remember, yep. I remember like going, Ooh, and I spent like two hours like, Whoa, how can I find it? And I find it and be like, <laughs> and it was just, it just gave me a new level, a new, new level of like love and like a depth for the band because I, you know, I searched, I had to search it out more because accessibility is just so easy these days. And like you said, like you said, like, if 16-year-old me knew that I could somehow get in touch with Fred Durst, all right, and he could read, <laughs> and Fred Durst could read my words, I would have slapped you in the face for calling and called you a liar, oh right? But now, I literally send, I post Instagram photos, <laughs> and he likes them, and I go, oh, what? That's kind of, it's a little bit killed the magic. But it's, it's amazing, like, but it, yeah, it's just, it's just bonkers, the level of, Oh, no, I, yeah. no, for sure. I, speaking of Glassjaw real quick, quick tangent. I remember Glassjaw released, uh, there was like this EP they put up. And I remember you can like go to the website, you know, and there was like this, like this minute and a half drum thing. You know, do you know what I'm I talking remember, about? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was Dude, the, I, the first time I ever heard that song, I was like laying down in bed and I was like, man, this is a really long intro. And then all of a sudden it just kicked in. It scared the fucking shit out of me, man. Yeah. Like legitimately. Yeah, I think it was the beginning of um, You Think You're John Lennon or something yeah, like that. Like, yeah, it, yeah. it was just I on was, the snare. Yeah, da, yeah, da, um, da, da, Yeah, dude, I freaked out though. I was just laying in bed, like listening, and I just, I literally jumped. And that's kind of cool too when you can discover yeah. things like that. I, I saw him play Brixton Academy, and uh, yeah, they literally sent Daraja, the drummer of the time, they sent him out to start it. But the thing is, they didn't tell him how long the rest of them were going to be. So he was literally just playing drum, playing that beat for ages. And <laughs> oh then they were just like, Come on, and we'll go now. We'll go now. He's been out there long enough. But yeah, yeah. what a band. What yeah. a band. Well, definitely. And definitely. But no, I, I agree with that kind of sentiment that I think, like, obviously, because everything's so easy to access nowadays, that having something that's a bit more out there and you've got to find clues, it gets people more more invested. Yeah, I think I think it's, it's just about wanting to follow along something that it's not the norm, you know, like I, I, like when I, again, like when I was in high school, I feel like, um, 
I wasn't, I wasn't like everybody else. And I kind of had my own thing, you know, there's all this like popular music in the world and everybody's listening to the radio and doing all this stuff. But I had this like, you know, secret thing to my chest where I could just go home at night and like, you know, listen to these like obscure records that no one ever heard of, you know, in, in my, in my class. And I, I think that's kind of cool that people can share that kind of uh, accessibility. Hmm. Yeah, nice. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to ask as well is obviously, like, quite visually, I don't know, have this kind of 80s influence and kind of aesthetic and stuff. With all that, do you find yourselves kind of going back and like kind of watching old movies or music and stuff from that time to look at different inferences or little things you can steal and incorporate it in the band today? Well, I would I wouldn't say steal. I would I would say uh, put put our own twist. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but I but I think it's you know again the re- the reason why this band got started in the first place was just out, out of out of fun. You know, want, wanting to have fun with music again and to have no rules. It, it was fun discovering things when when you were growing up, and I think we wanted to stick to that model of just things that what what were things that like made you excited growing up, and we just want to bring that same thing to uh, our listeners. Hmm. So no, so no random eighties films. You've just just with notepads, just going. Oh, okay. Well, they're wearing this these trousers or anything like that. <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah, I'm like okay, scientist lab coat. Check. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, no, I I just I think it's just things that you know r- remind us of why why we're why we're still continuing and playing music. What what are things that, that inspired us? What are things that uh, make us want to get up in the morning and keep going? You know, what, what, what were things that made you excited as a child? You know, it's just things like that, you know, and it's it's just, we want to bring that same love to everybody that cares, that cares to listen, no peer pressure, obviously. But (laughs) But yeah, well, yeah, you mentioned being in school and like having those alternative bands you were listening to. Who did you, who, who were some of your influences growing up? Oh my God. You know, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, Dallin and I definitely come from two, I don't want to say completely different musical schools, but you know, I, I like some of the same stuff he listens to too. It's just that I grew up in like a culture where I, I felt like I was accepted and I kind and I, I don't want to say I ran with it, but I definitely, um, I gravitated towards, you know, like a, like a punk rock lifestyle. And so, um, I would just, so we had a venue in Salt Lake city called Kilby court and it's where, you know, it's where I got my start. It's where Dallin got his start. And basically it's just like for people that don't know what Kilby court is, it's a, uh, it's at the end of the street called Kilby court. And it's in like a guy's garage. It's a literally a garage and it holds about 200 people. I saw like when I was growing up, I was like, what's death cab for cutie. Okay. I'm going to go see this tonight. You know? And wow. it was like, you know, it was sold out, but like, you know, what, what's a dashboard confessional? What's a newfound glory? <laughs> what's a, and it, I, would, I would go because I would want to go hang out with my friends and we would all just like clue each other in. It was, it was like a scene, you know? So that's what got me into all this. But I mean, like, you know, when I was, when I was a child, my dad introduced me to the Beatles and that's kind of what started everything for me. So he would, he would sit me in front of the TV and I'd be watching like all their movies, like uh, help and hard days night, you know, and Sergeant pepper and like yellow submarine, you know? So he raised me up all, on all that stuff. And then I remember I was like at a CD store with my dad and I saw this, uh, I saw this green day cover and it was dookie, mm-hmm. right? It was in the listening display when you can like go to the store and listen to CDs back then. Yeah. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Jeez, yeah. I forgot. Crazy, I forgot right? about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, they, ha- they were called listening stations. So I went to the, <laughs> I went to the listening station and I just heard this thing and it just sounded like the Beatles, like on crack. That's what, that's what, <laughs> that's what they literally might reminded me of. And, I just, it, for some reason, it like really connected with me. And then because of Green Day, then I found bands like, you know, because when you're in fourth or fifth grade, you only have so much ac- accessibility. So 
you know, MTV was kind of a big part of my growing up. So then I would look for bands that were kind of in the scope of Green Day. But then once I was able to go to shows, like for these larger bands, I would see like the support bands. And then that would trickle down to even like weirder things, to weirder things, to local things, to, you know. So it all kind of started with Green Day for me, honestly. Nice. That's and cool. then, you know, then, then I would get into things like Weezer and Smashing Pumpkins and Rancid. Um, Gosh, there's, there's so many, man. Like, and, and then, you know, once, once I went to like, uh, you know, my local record store in, in Park City, Utah, it was, it was called Orion's Music. Uh, I remember on the listening thing, they had compilation CDs. And so I picked up a thing from Epitaph because like, you know, Offspring, Offspring and Green Day were kind of like popping off at the same time. And Offspring was on a label called Epitaph. And then I found, you know, this Epitaph compilation called Punkarama, right? And I had like, God, it had like Pennywise, no effects. And it had like Rancid, like all those. So I grew up like, if it was fast, I loved it. That's what, you know, so I came from that kind of community. Um, I listened to like the Suicide Machines. I listened to Pennywise. Pretty much every, pretty much every band on like the 1997 Warped Tour lineup. <laughs> so, like sick, yeah, sick of it all. Glassjaw, yeah. you know. Um, God, I'm just, try, I'm just trying to think of everything. Like, because I, I was, I really like all kinds of music. I really do. I, I didn't really get into, um, you know, I started then, then as I got a little older and I moved out to California, I started getting into like the dancier stuff, like the block party and, you know, Franz Ferdinand, the killers. God, there's, there's just, there's so many, I'm just trying to even think off, off him, the bravery, you know, yeah. Modest the bravery, bloody yeah. Hell. <laughs> so, so things like that, if it had a dancey beat, I was, I was all about it, but I also like the punk stuff too. I think they kind of like drove off of each other, mm. you know? Would you say the punk stuff kind of influenced you early on when starting to learn drums and stuff, though? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I drummed a dookie until the, the CD was like, just scratch the shit, <laughs> you know? And then I couldn't wait until like Insomniac came out. And then, you know, MTV kind of like drove my path a little bit when, it, when I was like, you know, fifth and sixth grade playing drums. But yeah, uh, yeah, Smashing Pumpkins, I really liked, um, you know, trying to think man I'm, I'm on the spot no one's ever asked me this stuff isn't that crazy <laughs> wow. basically, basically if it was on mtv from like 97 or sorry 95 to like 97 i was listening to it you know marilyn manson scared the shit out of me you know and like antichrist superstar came out just things like that i, I was into all sorts of things man I, I never limited myself to like one genre of music and i also feel like as a drummer you should be well versed in you know almost every kind of genre so i mean i've been kind of labeled as a uh, do you guys know josh freeze is yeah, you know yeah, him, yeah, yeah, Josh Freeze. Yeah, I've been labeled as that, but in like the alternative punk rock, alternative press world, you know, um, which which I kind of struck because I just felt like you know there's so many bands out there that um, need drummers in life, and I just wanted to fill all of those roles. You know, I was just <laughs> wanted to. I'm dead serious, man. So yeah. you know, if you if you think like, well, why is Ryan done this band? Ryan's it, it's just because like it challenges my abilities, and I just want to be the best drummer I can be. I always want to. I always want to fit into the uh, the lane that I'm playing with. I filled in for a bunch of bands. You know, I, I filled in for this band Vanna once, and then I filled in for like Matchbook Romance, and I filled in for Aiden. And mm. it's just from like it's just from like going to shows and just like being a part of a community and being like good at your job. That's how you know. You just it's it's a lifestyle for me. I I, lo I love being a part of the community, and the community's been good to me. And I just it's yeah. great. Well, 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 saying that, I was going to mention, because obviously, as you said, you've been a part of so many different bands in the past and filled in for tours, shows, albums, all, all this kind of thing. But with I Don't Know How, like how different is that whole process of writing and, and everything with Dallin compared to any other band you've been with before? 
Um, nice question, Morgan. Nice every, question. No, that's, no, that's a good question. Every every band that I've I've been a part of has always been uh, has been different. You know, it's just I, dude. I'm telling you, I have the highest you know respect for Down for real. I he's he doesn't need my help. He really doesn't. He's just such a creative songwriter. But he will ask me at times like, "Hey, can you write like a drum beat for this?" Or do you have any? you know, ideas of your own. And I, I've sent him like a handful of things and he, he's like some of them. So, you know, maybe, maybe it'll turn out on the, on the next record, but you know, he's, he just has such a brilliant mind and I'm just like, I'm just stoked. I even get to be in the, in the, in the same room and just seeing how his head works, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it varies from song to song though. Cause like we, we did used to live in the same city, you know, when the band was first started and then he relocated back to Utah. So what I would do is I re- like the, the EP, we had to do it like on a shoestring budget. Cause we, we weren't signed and we didn't have any money. So we would just go like pulling favors from, from our friends. And so like I, for the song choke, I recorded that song at the Bathflower uh, singer, Josh Katz. I recorded drums at his house, you know, um, social climb. I recorded it at Jason from uh, Louis the 14th studio. Um, so we just kind we kind of put this all together and then like, you know, down and I drove up to, um, trying to think Paso Robles. It's like a wine country. It's about like four hours North of LA, but we, we recorded like some, uh, some demos out there just because we were able to get it for free or, or cheap. But I mean, like being a, being a band and just coming from nothing. And it's like, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of rewarding at the end of the day when you just see it all like come from the life, you know, but I feel like this has been like a, a uh, it's been like a, what's it called? A work in progress for, for many years, you know, on, on and off. So I, I actually feel like I'm picking up kind of where I left off, but it's like we, we did the two piece thing just out of necessity, you know, because there's, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of money in general in, in music, you know? So it's like, and plus it's a lot easier to schedule things with, with two people when you're first starting out, if, if you're, if you're employed by other, you know, bands. So um, Yeah. And again, it started out as a fun thing and it just kind of took on a life of its own. And we just all, we've been playing catch up ever since. And so now that we were able to release uh, this album, you know, I'm excited to see what we're, we're going to do next. But, you know, he and I are still, we're, we were just texting earlier, but we're, you know, sending each other ideas back and forth and we're just trying to make the most of it. So nice. You know, yeah. Nice. But yeah. But like, if we can dive into some of the other bands you've been in over the sure. years, I mean, obviously, as you said, you've just you've had so many wild experiences. It seems on, on tours uh, and everything. Can, can you just share some of those like memories that come straight to your mind of spending summers on Warp Tour or just going out with random bands at a time? Yeah, sure. Um, okay, I don't even know where to begin, but yeah, like <laughs> the eyeline- Obviously, like the eyeliners. I remember I I did a tour with that teen tragedies band, you know, that the, the salt Lake, you know, local hero band. And I remember emailing them at the end of the, the tour of the eyeliner saying like, Hey, I'm not going to be in this band anymore, but if you guys ever come through salt Lake, like let's hang out, you know, all's good, whatever. And then that's when they, they asked me over email if I wanted to like try out for the spot. So, uh, I got to do warp tour Oh two. And I, I think that summer kind of changed my life because I just went from graduating high school to just going straight on a bus. And it was kind of like a reality check at that point. And I remember, you know, I was one of the youngest guys that summer on Warp Tour. So being 18 years old, it was, it was not a normal thing back then. But what was even crazier is I remember we were on the, um, there, there was this Kevin Says stage, you know, it's for like the smaller bands. We were on that stage that summer. But what's crazy as hell is that us and Avenged Sevenfold would uh, flip-flop every day. <laughs> uh. So they played before us. And it was like a, uh, the, the, the stage was about like a foot off the ground, like, you know, and, uh, you know, the amps, you know, just the drum set that they provided on the summer was crap. The PA, it was just all like the shit. So 
we made do with what we had, but I, I'll never forget. There was this one time, right? It, it went this band called FON and then us and then Avenged Sevenfold on, on this tiny stage. But what was special about FON is on their stickers, it said featuring our 14 year old drummer. That's what it literally said. And I remember watching this kid play and he fucking blew my mind. And I was like, I have to go on after this kid. And he, and he again, he's 14. I was 18. I don't know how the hell he got on Warp Tour for a little bit, but uh, that kid back then was named Alan Rubin. And oh, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, so I got to see like <laughs> I, I got to see him come up. We don't know each other that well, but I mean, we know who, who each other are. We just did some shows with Angels and Airways, and I kind of reminded them and stuff. But like, but yeah. So I mean, like that's kind of where I got my start though. And I remember doing Warp Tour that summer. The Eyeliners. I was only supposed to do that one tour, but then I got asked back. Uh, by them because it, we, we got on a tour like three weeks after Warped. It was opening for uh, Yellow Card and No Use for a Name. And this is before Yellow Card uh, put out Ocean Avenue. So oh, wow. this time, instead of being in like on a tour bus, I was like in a van seeing like all of America. And I thought that was just amazing. I could just like look out the window and I was going to places that I already been to, but I've only been to like parking lots in America. You know, it wasn't like I got to like see the road or anything. So that was really exciting to see that for my first time. But then when I moved, when, when I, when I got off of like that tour, you know, I, I fulfilled my obligations for the eyeliners and I decided, well, I'm out of high school. I didn't go to college. I chose warp tour over this. What do I do next? And so I'm thinking, okay, well, I met all these people. I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I'm going to move out to Los Angeles and see what happens. And I decided to go to a music school for like uh, a couple months. And, but the day I, I arrived in Los Angeles, I ended up joining a band called Fairview at the time. They're on the militia group. And what was really crazy is I met them in Utah. And at that point they had played like the Mars Volta's like first show. And they were like on Coachella and they went on tour with like the Aquabats and they were doing all this like cool stuff. And like their management was like a higher up at like golden voice, which is like, if you guys don't know what that is, it's like, um, it's basically like, like AEG live nation out here. And they're, they're the largest like concert promoters, like in Cal. So, so Fairview would get like the, they would get kind of the treatment, but I came into the band at a special time where they're trying to rebrand themselves. So I was, I ended up being in a studio for about two and a half years with them and just working, working a job from five in the morning until one in the afternoon and then going to band practice all day from like two to 11. And that, that's a funny story too. So I remember right when I moved to LA, we played a handful of shows and this like older guy cl classic like hollywood story but this 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 guy in a, like a suit comes up to us and he's like hey my name's mike clink and you know i want to produce your band and we're like okay mike clink what have you done and he's like well i did appetite for destruction and user illusion you know from guns and roses and we were like oh okay so, huh. <laughs> yeah so i was like okay well fuck me then you know so so we were like okay we'll give this guy a chance and uh you know, we were just in his studio for six straight months doing pre-production and I was getting off work and I was just tired as hell all the time. And then to like kick me more in the groin, uh, he offered a contract that he wanted me to like, you know, the band to give him like 40% of everything. Mm -mm -mm. So needless to say, we wasted like two and a half years of our lives and we had to like basically stop doing Fairview because it was just already dead in the water, you know? And so I, so it was just about trying to like get people excited. So we ended up changing our band name and they're still around now. They're called Kiev and uh, everybody, nobody's original anymore. But, um, but at the time I felt like I wasn't, I wasn't happy anymore in the band. We just had like different goals, but I'm still friends with all those guys, but you know, they, they, they went on to go tour with like falls and like silver sun pickups and stuff. So, I mean, like I, I was in like that school when I moved out to California, I loved what they were doing, but when the band first started, it, it was like, kind of like a Jimmy Eat world meets the get up kids and like Foo Fighters-ish. And then when I left, it kind of turned into this like Radiohead B-sides 
and just where it just was like wacky and you know smoke peyote and see where the see where your mind goes and we were just we were just trapped in a studio for like for days and hours and months and i'm just like oh my god like i don't know if i where, where, where's the where's the silver lining it's like what i'm trying to say is though i i thought our music was just like great and i thought we could have gone on and toured and done the whole thing because I, I i love like you know creating something and then bringing it to life but the life never got brought into and like we're doing all these showcases for people like this is when myspace started to become a thing and then um i remember from there this band i am ghost found me and they were just in the very beginning of being a band and i think i joined i joined the band after like the fourth show so basically i was there like the whole time but after my first show with the band uh we ended up getting signed to epitaph <laughs> you know epitaph records yeah so it's like we're Full playing circle. a sold out show chain reaction yeah and so we ended up going with epitaph records and then that kind of like uh that kind of changed everything you know we we started going on all these big tours and uh from there you know i i met like i met jeffrey star just from even like going out in los angeles to random shows Mad. um Jeffrey, how did that, I, uh, yeah, how did that, that happen? come about? Yeah. <laughs> so what was crazy is, you know, Jeffrey was kind of like in the, in, in the, in the warped scene world, you know, like yeah, he, no, he, he was on, to, he, he did 2009. He did 2009. He did, yeah. Um, he did 2009. Yeah. I, I was yeah. on warp tour with him in 2008 where he did two weeks. I was on that summer, but you know, it, it kind of started a lot. So with I am ghost, I had like been, I, I was touring with that band for, two and a half years straight and you know you know how bands get man like when some sometimes it just doesn't work out <laughs> you know it's like it's like it's like a relationship sometimes you just gotta know when to like cut your losses and so i was at a point in my life where i just wasn't happy participating anymore and you know writing with them but i mean like when i'm just came to life we like spent six months in like just a garage together writing it was like the band and then we give the, the the music to the singer and then he put lyrics to it and that's how we that's how we were a band it was it was wild but we toured like nonstop. And then I remember like getting out of the band and Jeffree Star was actually, he was like my neighbor. He lived around the corner from me at the time. We'd see each other out like, all the time. And he just was like, hey, so I'm going to do like my first tour in the UK. Like, and I need a drummer. It's like a week long. Like, do you want to come with me? You know? And I was like, yeah. sure. You know, like <laughs> you're fun. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And he goes, so. yeah, it's tomorrow. From tomorrow <laughs> on. I was like, no, Jeff, no. No, <laughs> Jeff, yeah. No, but. <laughs> so, come on, Jeff. No, he, he treated me so great, man. And like, we, we, we're still, we're still friends and stuff. He's just, he's just really busy being a billionaire now. So yeah, I shouldn't say billionaire. I don't know. I'm assuming though, <laughs> but, um, you know, he's, he's got a Allegedly. The size of yeah. like, uh, you know, Disneyland. So yeah. where was I going with this? But yeah, it's like, he, he asked me to participate on, you know, his whole touring cycle in 2008. And that's kind of how I got that. Just, he, he would just like go in the shows, just like I would like going the shows. And so we, we met up and I was like, okay, like this dude's pretty funny, you know? And we just started talking and, and hanging out. And then he wanted me to go on tour with him. And that's literally how it happened. Did you ever think counting in on your first warp tour, counting in the four, you were like, this fella in front of me is going to be a makeup billionaire. <laughs> Fucking right. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny though? I did, I did think, I did think like, you know, I'm playing, uh, I'll do the visual too, but I'm thinking like, why doesn't he just try starting to sell makeup too? You know, why is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he had, the, he had the longest lines like for merch, man. Like he just connected oh, yeah. with people in yeah. no other way that I've ever seen anybody. But, you know, he always treated me great. And, you know, he, he liked I Am Ghost too. He would ride like in the van with us sometimes. He, you know, if we had like local shows like in LA or whatever, he rode down with us to San, San Diego once for a show that we did with like, I think it was like 18 Visions and Seosin or something. You know, we were like, yeah, we were, we were like Oof. the opening band on that. So, 
you know, but he wanted to come hang out on like New Year's. It was like bleeding through all, all, all these bands. So nice. you know, that's kind of how that came about. But with Jeffrey, what was fun though, is that like, I could go do that, but then I could also be in the Brobex, you know, I could also, I could do whatever. Cause being a drummer, man, like you're kind of, maybe not in this band, but like, you're kind of like in the, in the background as a drummer. And then, and it's like, if I wanted to be a front man, I would just be a front man. You know what I'm saying? I kind of like just being in the back and seeing, I feel like the symbols are like uh, shields. They're like protecting me. I still think I still think one of the scariest moments of my life was when uh, when it, when I was with Falling in Reverse, we uh, we opened up for Iron Maiden in Germany. Oh wow! And there what? Was a, yeah, it went it went, <laughs> Iron, it went us Iron Maiden. No, sorry, it went us the uh, Pennywise, the Offspring, and then Iron Maiden. And I think by the time we got off stage, there must have been like sixty thousand people there. And that's still that's still the largest show I've ever played. And I would say the second largest show. I ever played was with IDK when we were a main stage at uh, Reading Festival. Mm. And so, you know, but, but after, but after doing like those shows, you realize like, okay, like this is just like playing for like 200 or 300 people, but it's just a bunch more of them. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Just, yeah. That, that's all. It's like, it's kind of no different. So I've, I've, I've been prepared my whole life for, for this. I think what I was going to say, the longest I think I've ever been home, which is kind of, which is kind of crazy since I think the longest I've been home since 2005 in a row was seven months. And, oh. and so I haven't really had like your normal, like, okay, yeah. I'm going to settle down. But this year has been the longest I've ever been home. And it's, wow. it's driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was about to say, yeah. How do you feel about that? There's so, there's so many stories though, man. I remember like being in a studio session with, uh, with the bigger lights. And then after afterwards, like the producer pulls me aside and he's like, hey, so I have this band called My Favorite Highway. They're out with uh, Hello, Goodbye, and the band Fun. It was Fun's, like, first tour. And, we were, and, and My Favorite Highway was the opener. But they were like, hey, so, like, the, the drummer punched the singer in the face. And now we need to fly a guy out, like, <laughs> that can learn six songs in a night. Can you, oh, would that, you want to be that, that guy? Chestnut. Yeah, so as soon as I got out of the studio, I, yeah, so I got on a plane, listened to the headphones, and just got on tour the next day and it's it's been kind of like do or die ever since you know things like that like with vanna i remember right after i got out of i am ghost uh i guess their drummer now they're all friends but like their drummer left vanna on the side of the road didn't even tell him he's going home or anything they called me they're like hey can you learn can you learn our songs that have like no structure no choruses or verses can you learn you know six or seven songs by tomorrow same kind of thing i do when i played with vanna i had to bring a notebook and they got me a music stand and I was just reading notes wow. off of, off of this music stand. And we were playing, we played like some like state park or some shit, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> starting off. So I've, I've been in all sorts of bands, man, yeah. pop bands, you know, hardcore bands, uh, indie bands, dance bands. It's just been, it, it's, it's a life of a drummer, man. Mm. You just gotta be yeah. well versed. If you want to keep, if you want to keep, uh, rocking out, if you want to go to the top. Yeah. That's amazing to see, like, you've had so many different experiences with just those bands, though, and just being able to kind of not only see, like, how different scenes work, but just, like, having those random calls or random times just to be like, hey, next two weeks you're out on this. Okay, cool. I mean, it, it, like, looking back on it, it must just be quite rewarding to, to think, like, you've had some crazy opportunities. Yeah, I mean, here, here's how I think about it. You, you, you get out of it what you put into it. No, that's that's anything in life and i and i really wanted this more than anybody else and i think that's kind of why i'm still doing it in, in that in that sense but what i was what i was going to say too is that the mo i think one of the most important things is 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 the hang aspect if, you, if you're able to get along with the people that you're that you're chilling with because you're stuck with these people you know 
it's really great with like down and I are kind of like polar opposites though he, he's like very much an introvert and i'm very much an extrovert but it works with our band because like when the show's over you know i go hang out with like the other bands and i go mingle and he you know and he does his thing and it, it seriously it's, it's such a crazy dynamic but i feel like in any band you got to have at least one guy that wants to just like be social with with other bands and other people and and everything you know i know it's i know it sounds crazy but it's just that that's it's the world we live in, man. You know, and I, I love it though. I, I this is this is what I grew up doing, and I'm still doing it to a degree. I say that because of coronavirus, but <laughs> yeah. but yeah, trying to trying to navigate through this, and you know, it's it, how I how I feel. I'm still in the mix right now of just like my friends and just being on the road for forever. Is like I, I also have my own podcast that I do. Hmm on IW radio where I bring on friends from, from tour oh, yeah. and oh, talk about, to- yeah. Tell, yeah, tell us about fun. it. Advertise it. Come oh. on, plug it, man. So yeah, it's called Ryan Seaman and friends. It's on Adobe radio, which is, it's one of the largest uh, internet alternative stations, uh, alternative based, you know, radio format. And, uh, I have a show where I just bring on people that I've toured with or people that I grew up with. And I'll have an array of people. Like I'll have people I'm from like, uh, you know, bad wolves to like, pepper to less than jake to and all those are completely fucking different um there's like a, a popular restaurant chain in la called spitz and i'm gonna have i'm gonna have like the the, the guy that started that chain on my show but he and i went to high school together oh, so, wow. I mean, it's, yeah which is crazy like in utah so he he moves out from utah to la to become the successful you know restaurant guy and I, I don't know i just think it's really cool when i can just like meet all sorts of people and learn from them and we all learn from each other yeah. It's something for me to do during this, you know, pandemic, you know, after releasing uh, a proper full length. Hmm. So, well, I I think that's what me and Sean love about doing this as well, is that we can just kind of have so many different people's aspects and stories on things that like you just wouldn't wouldn't expect. True. Yeah, and I, I would love to have you guys on, though, because I, I, I want, oh, I want cool. to turn the tables around and be like, all right, so <laughs> let's talk about, uh, you know. That'll be awful. That would be awful. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but you know, I just, I feel like, uh, yeah, I've, I've, dude, I've learned so much, man. I've learned, you know, and and I've also learned that a lot of, a lot of bands, they all kind of operate the same, you know, it's it's just, it's just different scenarios, you know? So hundred percent. That's what, that's what I think we've learned like since doing this, like it's going to be our second anniversary in four weeks. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, Yeah, we've recently just gone past 100 episodes, so 100 weeks in a row we've managed to put an episode out. And yeah, from some of the conversations we've had with bands, yeah, you can see that it's a lot of it is very, very similar at the moment. But one of the things we've been talking about a lot is like release schedules and a lot of bands seem to be going away from albums and doing like EPs or just singles just to get playlisted. What's um, what's your thoughts on that? I feel, you know, I feel like, again, it's, it's in music today, it's uh it's adapt or die. And we're back in the model of like the fifties where you just would release like a song for a minute and see, see how it goes. But I, I think that's the world we're, we're coming back to, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if we did something like that in the future. And I kind of feel like we did in the beginning just because mm. we didn't have a label, you know, we didn't have like a, you know, a marketing machine behind us. It was just us when we first started. So we had no choice but to release things that way. Yeah. And so, and then, you know, once like, I just think it's crazy that we got signed after we got our uh, first rock sound cover. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how often, how, how does that work? You know? So I've, yeah, dude, I I'm telling that. you, I've been in every kind of possible situation you could be in. Like my movie has been, um, has been get him to the Greek 
My movie has been Pop Star. My movie's been Spinal Tap. You know, all of those. They're all true. So just know yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how I music th- works, th- man. But. Yeah, I think people people who are in bands who watch Spinal Tap don't realise how on the fucking mm. money Spinal I have literally got lost on the way to the stage before now. <laughs> so have I. So have yeah, I. For sure. Uh, um, yeah. Unbelievable. Um, Not to the extent yes. of them, but for sure. No. I've absolutely oh, I absolutely No, yeah. I don't know. I, no, I think in Belgium once we got properly lost underneath a venue. Like went to the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. But yeah, people don't realise. People just see Spinal Tap and go, what a stupid film. And you're like... Nah, it's no. so true. It's yeah. absolutely so true. It's brilliant. No, it's, it's maddening for sure. But you know, I've, I've, I've learned again, like, uh, I've just learned to be really grateful and humble because with music, it could, it could all end anytime. It really can for, for anybody. There's, there's no rhyme or reason why it, it stops or keeps going, you know? So I'm just, I'm still, I'm still grateful. I'm, you know, I'm still grateful to be here. And, uh, yeah, I, I've just, I've had a crazy career, man. I've literally seen every kind of possible scenario you could be in. And uh, I'm grateful for my experiences and I've learned a lot. And I hope, you know, that continues on for me, but it's like, you know, a lot of the people I came up touring with, like, I I just see them like not doing it anymore. And I feel like you have to give up a lot and you have to have a lot of sacrifices just to do this full time in general, you know, you're you're sacrificing family gatherings to any kind of events, parties, funerals, weddings, surgeries, these are all things I've missed just from, from being a musician, but yeah. um, music doesn't stop. It doesn't <laughs> ever. So you have yeah. to decide if you're, if you're on the train or you're not on the train, but I am curious to see what this next year is going to look like for, for a lot of bands. Well, yeah. Um, thank, thank you very much for doing this. Um, we massively appreciate it. Um, yeah. Before you go, uh, yeah. Razzmatazz, I think, yeah, it's out now by the time this, this is out. So congratulations. Thank Yay! you. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I wish we had some party poppers now. Um, I know, right? But, <laughs> but yeah. But is there anything else you've got going on that people can check out or, um, apart from the podcast and the album being out, are you doing any other like live streams together or is it, what can people expect next from you? Wow. Well, you know, I've started dabbling a little bit in, um, in a management side of things, you know, I I recently partnered up with, um, a company called, uh, nine, two, one collective and, and they, they manage bands and there's a band that, uh, we both started like kind of working with together. It's, it's, it's a passion project of mine just cause I, I grew up loving, uh, this band as, as a child. And I don't know when I could talk about that, but that's the thing I'm doing for real. Uh, you know, so, and then I acquired with, with, with my friend, um, his name is Mark Woodbridge, but I, I you know, we acquired, uh, a label together through, uh, this company called the orchard. And so we might start releasing music once, uh, you know, trying to find bands that we like and release, uh, music into the world when, uh, when that's possible. Cause I mean, I, I've, I never thought this would ever happen, you know, like somebody approaching me saying, Hey, you want to you want to start a label and here's, here's the funding mm. for it through this company called the orchard. And, and it's, it's a distribution company, but you know, sometimes, you know, bands or people get their own imprints or whatever. So uh, I'm partnering up with nine, two, one collective on, you know, signing bands. So that's going to be exciting when, whenever I can do that. Nice. Awesome. And, and just, yeah, so just be on the lookout for that. And just one more last thing for me. Um, obviously we've, we've touched on so many different experiences you've had and, and it's been great, but is there any advice you have for kind of young musicians listening or just anything in, in general? Do you think that it's, it's worth adding or just maybe yes, thinking about? I do do, do it as long as it's fun. 
And then when it's not fun anymore, figure out a way to still do it, but like on your own terms. <laughs> yeah. That's, nice. that's what I, that's what I want to say. Cause I, I've been through that, you know, full times in my life, but um, you know, I'm, I mean, I mostly came from like a, a hired background uh, as, as a drummer for, for a, a lot of bands. And uh, my, my, my advice is just always keep your head up and just know that, you know, there's someone else that would kill to have your job. Yeah. Anywhere. True. So nice. Good bit of advice. And um, wait, last one, last one, last question. Yeah, dude, we can, we can keep we can keep this going, bro. You know? No, you were just yeah. no, you were just talking. You were talking about being a hired gun. So I just yeah. need to know who who is Ryan's. Well, who would be the dream band to, to to ask you to play drums from? Right now, it's it's this band. <laughs> For nice. real. I, I love nice. I love the music we're doing. You know, and I really awesome. feel like the Brobex was criminally criminally underrated. So. If you haven't checked them out, that's what made me even want to play with Down in the first place. But if for some reason IDK couldn't be a thing, um, Dave Grohl, if you're listening, <laughs> uh, you know, Foo Fighters is pretty sick. You know, there's something else I didn't even get to talk about. Maybe I could talk about this real quick. But, go, for um, it. go for it. And, you know, there's not a lot of people that know about this, but um, <laughs> you guys will be the first. <sighs> but when, when Down and I got started with this, um, you know, people knew I had left my band but I got a call from an old friend named Brian Marquis. I don't know if you guys know who that is. Um, he was in a band called Therefore I Am, and his brother played for Vanna as well. But, uh, but Brian became the uh, tour manager for Billie Eilish, right? Uh, and uh, when, I, when, I got out of, uh, when I got out of Falling in Reverse, I remember he called me up and was like, hey, there's this uh, up-and-coming you know, girl. It's like, it'd be for like a tour. Uh, you know, she's like 16. Would you want to like try and just like, you know, would you want to try out for her? And I said, you know what? I got this thing with my friend Dallin that I'm bringing from the ground up and I really <laughs> appreciate, you know, reaching out because people have known to call me for, for things like that. I played, you know, I've sat in with like some pop artists that might not be that well known, but like back then, hmm. um, you know, nobody knew what Billie Eilish was. And I said, you know, what? I'm really going with my gut and I want to do this thing with Dallin. I've always wanted to do this thing with Dallin and I said that blatantly and I said, thank you for that. And so ever since then though, um, I get to go to all their shows. Um, I got to introduce, I got to introduce Dallin and his wife to, to the Billy team. And I think there's a, there, there might be a friendship now between Phineas and, and Dallin, hopefully, wow. you know, Ooh, maybe they can collab nice. on some music together. That'd be nice. But, um, That'd be that was, that was a thing. And I just was like, you know, thank you, but this is important to me. And I want, I want to see this from the ground up, you know, wow, and I think awesome. I made, I think I made the right choice. And I, I, I want to, I, I mean that wholeheartedly because, you know, if, if I were playing for Billie Eilish, you guys might not be interviewing me today. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I get what yeah. you mean. I, I definitely get what you mean. Yeah. But, you know, but, but, what, but what a sentence to say that you've turned down playing for Billie Eilish. I, it, was I mean, a, it was a tryout and not, not to say I would okay. even make it, hmm. but that I got asked, but you know, still. so I, yeah. And like, and what's, and, and what's crazy too, is that their, their management, um, you know, they, they were, uh, they actually signed my old band, the bigger lights back in the day. And they turned it and that, that was on doghouse records and they ended up turning into a management company. So crazy. I got asked to try out, but you know, I've, I've never publicly went on record saying that before, but, um, oh. but I feel like, I feel like it's appropriate now, you know, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, we, we've gotten, we've gotten to meet her. Like we got backstage, you know, like we hung out for a minute. Like we all hung out at like Puko pop for a bit. I got to hang out with like their drummer, you know, we were like texting and he's like, dude, if you ever have any Ableton questions, like hit me up. And, you know, so we all nice. got together and stuff. Um, yeah. And then I got to go to like Billy's like secret LA show at the Troubadour, which is like super small. And 
So I still keep in touch. The other day, actually, I was getting, um, <laughs> I was walking to go get a sandwich and I just saw outside like the, the crew, the Billy Crow, I saw Brian Marquis, tour manager. And I just went and he, he saw me right away. I had a mask. And he's like, Oh, I recognize you by your hair. And he's like, what's up, man? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you guys doing here? And he's like, Oh, well, we're, we're practicing for like a live stream. I was like, Oh, that's great. Cause she did this like whole like live show where there's like a bunch of production and stuff. And then the, later that night I went to the grocery store and like, I saw like her head of security and he, he used to be the head of security on warp tour too. So, so, I mean, like I got to know all the players from all the years, just from yeah. being there. Look, I, I treat people the way I want to be treated. So like, hmm. I, I think the merch guy is just as important as the guitar tech, who's as important as the head of security, who's yeah. as important, you know, as, as, the, as yeah. the, the singer, the bass player, you know, we're all, we're all in it together. You know, it's just, it's just a different, it's a different job. Nice. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so, so much for your time. This is being absolutely incredible. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Just before we go, maybe if we edit the middle bit to make it sound like during you playing drums on Warp Tour, you shouted at Jeffrey, Jeffrey, have you thought about makeup? Doing makeup? Maybe you can, maybe you can charge like 10% for coming up with the idea. Like you're. <laughs> So I'll, we'll, me and Morgan will have a posh about with the editing to see if we can do it. If not, yeah, go, we're going to have to, yeah, we're going to have to get some sort of speech, speech um, impersonator in to pretend that you said, Jeffrey, oh have you thought about makeup? <laughs> you can be well, rich. If, you if, can if, be it rich. if it pops off, yeah. Yes. Yeah, maybe, yes. I could, maybe I could buy a sandwich. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate yeah, it very, you. very much. Um, congratulations on everything so far. And uh, yeah, thank you for the music over the years. We yeah. really appreciate it. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, and I thank you guys for having me. Again, I'm, I'm just stoked to be here and still, still doing it. And hopefully, you know, we get to release more music pretty soon. Well, yeah. Hopefully, we get to do one of these in the flesh at yes. some point as yes. well. Yes. I, would love, I would love that. So awesome. awesome. Thank you cool. so thank much. You very much. All right, Morgan, Sean, thank you guys so much. So much fun, man. I almost forgot I was like doing a podcast. I thought I was just, you know, bullshitting. But <laughs> yes. 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 Fucking tidy. I swore. That's how good it was. Thank you so much for Ryan coming on and being a top, top chap and now one of our bestest friends because we got on so well. Oh. Yeah, I've already had a giant back piece of his face done <laughs> on my back. So um, it was lovely again to speak to Ryan. I felt such a connection with Ryan, right? That I'm wondering if we actually have met before. Hmm. And due to Jamaican cigarettes, I might have forgotten. Um, but it was such a it was such a good chat, and then like I said in the intro, like we t- we talked for like an hour after as well, so it was awesome. And yeah, we talked about everything, and you know, he told us things that he couldn't say on the podcast. <laughs> you know that uh, you know I don't want to I don't want to get anyone in trouble, uh, so uh, I won't. I'm not going to say a bloody word he said to me. So ha 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 ha! Thank you again to Ryan. Um, what a fucking band! I don't know how. Uh, all wrong top chap good egg thank you yeah it was incredible some of those stories literally blew my mind especially that billy eilish bit at the end i mean wow but yeah i don't know how but they found me his debut album razzmatazz is available to stream and purchase everywhere worldwide right this second so go and do it get it in your ears it's fantastic it'll make you dance and bring back some incredible memories Yes, good band, good humans, good times. Don't know where I'm going with this. 
Okay, but obviously, if you're first time checking out Sapping Podcast, Darren Weeks from I Don't Know How is a former guest, and you can find on episode 53, so go and check that out. And we're going to be celebrating our second year anniversary, two whole years of Sapping Podcast next week with episode 104. It's going to be a, a, a really, really nice celebration, so come and join the party with us make sure you're subscribing everywhere you're listening to these podcasts to get some notifications and give us a follow on our social media pages at Sapnin Pod on Twitter and Instagram that is at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D that's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D and if you'd like to support the podcast in any way, maybe get some bonus content, get some more Welsh shenanigans in your ears, then please go and check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin. On there, you get to meet a host of your new best friends, some absolutely lovely people, our favorite humans, um, as part of our wonderful community cult that we've been able to somehow create over these last two years. And it's just one of our favourite things uh, of all time. Yes, unbelievable set of people. Um, thank you very much if you've supported us at all on Patreon prior to now. If you currently do, we appreciate that more than anything on earth. And if you're considering it, yeah, that's awesome as well. Please check out patreon.com forward slash sapnin. So next Saturday, I guess. Is it next Saturday we're hosting the get-together? Are we doing a second birthday get-together? Yeah, there, there is conversations. Go at, the, at this current time, we're working out the date, but it looks like next Saturday, and you can get on a giant Zoom call with us again, like we did for the 100th episode celebrations on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Last time, it got a, bit, uh, got a bit messy. We said some things we probably shouldn't have, and yeah, we're, we're probably... Yeah. We're probably spill some more secrets again so uh, if you're a bit nosy if you like uh, a little bit of the gossip then uh, patreon.com forward slash sapnin yeah if you want to see what it's like to f- to be a guest on the podcast uh, get involved in those zoom chats because that's how we do them and um, yeah god knows I like to overshare so last time I said some things I definitely shouldn't have said <laughs> um, that I'm probably going to do again this Saturday. Yay. So yes, again, patreon.com forward slash happening. Come and listen to me get myself in trouble. Yes, and we just want to say a massive thank you to everyone as part of our wild community. If you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of names on there that we need to thank. Uh, but Sean is going to give a shout out to the elite members of the Patreon, and they've probably changed their names to something that is going to be unreadable, and we're about to find out now. Yes, um, so this week, uh, the bastards, what are they, they've gone with, um, some of them have changed their names to uh, Vs, letters with Vs, to go with the single <laughs> that came out by my band Raiders last week called Unnecessary Vs, mm. because... I came up with that title because loads of bands now are using V's instead of A's or V's instead of U's, and it's wrong. Mm. It's just the wrong letter. You shouldn't yeah. be doing it. Mm. So I decided to call a song Unnecessary V's. Joke's on me because it's unfucking findable, right? <laughs> so you, you win bands with V's because I've now dedicated fucking four minutes of a real good song to be wasted because of you. But what the members of our po- uh, the Patreon have done is some of them have changed their name to V's. Ah. So where, where I remember what their name was right previously i'll say that because otherwise it's just v's and it's going to be so, so, a so, nightmare. so just to clarify they've given you some unnecessary v's oh they're all yeah all v's are unnecessary 
Um, anyway, thank you very much to the wonderful Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Lewoe, Mitch Perry, uh, Sarah James, but she's changed... She, well, she's done the opposite. She hasn't changed the vowels. She's changed the consonants. So it says, mm. Vavav, Vavev, <laughs> which is Sarah James, of course. And then we've got um, Vavi Vavov, which is Janelle Caston, Emma Barber. We've got Vevi Yuv, which is Kelly Young, Nathan Croshaw. We've got Viv, Viv, which is, of course, Dilly Grimwood. Mike Lenger, Scooby Drew Styles, Pavol Hvishvold, which is Paul Hirschfield, Kelly Ewan, Kat Besant, Amadine Urbana, Tony Michael, Vov Ovev, which I think is... Is that Tom? I don't fucking know. Amy <laughs> Amy Campion, which is Av Vavyov, Johnny Phillips. Then you've got... Oh, I'm, do you know what? I'm not even fucking saying any real names anymore. I'm going to say what I read in here, right? Scott Jones is Vov Vavov. Uh, my nipples, suck, suckle my nopple, nipples. That's Kieran, who's back in the group. Thank you very much for coming back. Ollie Amesbury has gone with Ovivov, Avivovov. Simon Amos, Jody Shannon has gone with Vovivavov. Jenny Sexyboy Munster, Kate Stevenson, Emily Senegals, Lucy Diaz, Dana Lasnava, Martina McManus, Vevavev which was formerly Kelly Mallory, Erin Howard, John and Emma, Becky Andy, Marcy Jacobson, Louis Cook, Vavo Vevia, which is Jason Redia, Nula Clark, Jenny Robson, Sandra Kuwachek, Mike Cunningham, Kelly Cannon, Kevin Clark, Phil Me Balls, James McNaught, Livy Cropper, Tallulah Grant, Vuav, Vuav, Vuaviev, Fuck, Sharif Awadali, Lydia Henderson, Vave Vaviv, that's, that's Craig, nice one Craig, Adam Parslow, thank you for joining, Julia Rowich, Rowitz, let me know Julia, and of course to finish, Alice Wood, who is now known as Vliss Hvzmvsiv Wood. Wow. So... That's over. Thank God that. for that. I'm sorry to anybody who's listening who doesn't know what's going on. But check out patreon.com forward slash happening. Thanks to all those people. You absolute set of bastards. I love you. Morgan loves you. We appreciate you very much. Thanks for being part of the Patreon. Lovely stuff. That was a hot pile of mess right there. But it sounded like one of those Vs used to play for Arsenal. Well, who knows? Who knows? I don't know. I'm not going. I'm not going through them all again. It's too fucking many. But yes, check it out. Check out unnecessary V's by Raiders. It's a real good song, which has nothing to do with the title. Um, so yeah, please check that out. Please go back and listen to all 102 uh, other episodes of Sapling Podcast right now. Check out our Patreon if you fancy giving anything back and supporting us. If not, um, fuck off and get on with your life. Mm. Uh, we'll see you next week. Well said. Any any final thoughts other than that? No, just exactly what I said, okay. which ended perfectly. It did. I just want to let everyone know, um, if you were wondering in the intro what kind of plaster I've got on, it's a Star Wars one. So see you next week. Sapnin! Sapnin! You fucking virgin. You're listening to Sapling Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.